console wars may be a social construct, but a slice of gaming podcast isn't. Welcome to a slice of gaming podcast for Friday, June 23rd, 2023. I will be going over the Nintendo Direct that we also did the predictions for if you checked out that episode. Uh, but we'll be going over that and as well as other little droplets of news that happened over the past week. Uh, so let's get some introductions out. Uh, he's too busy plucking all the Pikmin. It's Wolf. Gonna be a fun one tonight. Uh, Elder Scrolls 6 is five years away at the least, and so is his chance of caring about Nintendo games. It's Fusion. It's too late for this. <laughs> and along with Game Pass, he is also going up by $2. It's Dark. Fuck YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... A couple little things we want to get out of the way. Uh, I guess, as kind of funny, we'll call this the housekeeping segment. Uh, so just wanted to say we are on a couple of new platforms. We're not on all of them yet that we want to, but you can now listen to us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and Audible. I think I got about like two or three more that I'll hopefully have by the end of next week. Um, and one other announcement, we have some cool announcements that we are doing some extra content. Uh, They're not going to be weekly or anything like that. They'll just pop up randomly as we want to do them. Uh, The first one is called Meal Prep, which is where we do a deep dive into pre-release footage and anything else and maybe come up with suggestions, not suggestions, but like theories and other stuff like that about upcoming video games that we're excited about. We already have one done for Starfield that will be coming out in the next couple days. Uh, So as other big games that are coming out that we're excited for we'll just start gathering groups of people that we want to talk about uh, the game with and just do a big deep dive and that's a good time uh the other one is going to be our review series called food coma where once again we gather everyone who has played the game to to do a spoiler filled deep dis- uh deep discussion of the game uh it's nothing's planned currently but it looks like the next or not the next but the first game is going to be Final Fantasy 16 as soon as everyone who wants to talk about that game is either finished with it or at least far enough to where they can do the podcast. So hope you're all excited for that. And that is everything I have left to say. So let's move on to the news with Wolf. Yeah, it's a pretty light news week, thankfully enough, after like the last few weeks. It's nice to get something a bit light. Uh, the first big topic is clearly the Nintendo Direct. Um, it aired on Wednesday. And there was a lot of talk online about this direct. Uh, a lot of people said they really liked it. A lot of people uh, came away with like some announcements that they've been wanting for years. Like this is pretty interesting direct in general to talk about. Um, I guess I'll uh, bring it over to Moon. How did you think of this uh, direct in general? Uh, overall, pretty good. Uh, it has like its obvious hitters uh, that ever, everyone's going to be talking about. Uh, but in terms of like the small stuff, like it was neat. Like obviously. Not everything I'm interested in, but I think there was at least some interesting things worth checking out. Like, uh, well, actually, I will talk about it. We'll talk about it when we get to the game. Uh, but overall, if I had to give it a score, I'd say it's a solid like eight, eight and a half. Nothing mind blowing, except uh, if you were to care about, you know, a certain game or two. Uh, but super solid overall. Okay, cool. I was going to ask you about the score at the end, but I guess you can give it to me now. I'm ahead of you. It's two <laughs> steps ahead. Uh, Dark, what about you? Yeah. Uh, um, at first, I wasn't really going in there with any like expectations, but Nintendo's just proving that they're fucking unstoppable this year. So I thought it was great. I gave it like a 9 out of 10. And then Fusion, I know you're not really the biggest Nintendo guy in the world, but uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I watched it as a non-Nintendo guy. 
it was it was fine it was cool i'm like i'm walking away with a couple games like two to three games that i want so like if any direct does that for me especially like from nintendo it's a good direct in my eye so like personally i'd probably give it like an eight yeah i pretty much share your uh sentiments uh fusion i mean i thought this was a super solid direct i didn't really go into it with expectations like dark said and i was very much pleasantly surprised i, I thought this was kind of going to be like a filler direct almost like announcing stuff for the rest of the year just to have stuff for the rest of the year but it very much seems like this was overall just a solid direct like i said i i'd give it an eight just same as moon and uh fusion um but we do want to do a quick roundup of everything that was announced we're not going to go too long on it but very much just talk about the things that we really wanted to talk about uh first this was weird to me they started out with a trailer for the pokemon scarlet and violet dlc uh, the Teal Mask, which is for Fall 2023, and Indigo Disc, which is Winter 2023. Moon, you were talking to me about uh, before the podcast. Do you have a lot to say about this? I wouldn't say a lot, but just a couple of things. And it's not Pokemon's fault in general. It's just gaming media in general. Like, why is this trailer here? That is literally my question here. Why is this trailer here with no solid date? Like, sure, you give us the Fall and Winter 2023, but... You, I am like really pissed at gaming media. Like you're only allowed to get away with windows for like your reveal trailer, and that's about it. By the time, by the next time we see you, you better have at least a month. So it's just like, what did this trailer show off? Like they already showed off a decent amount the first time we saw this. This this game was almost no new information. It was a but wasn't even like a deep dive of giving us information. It was just like here's some in in engine footage of the dlc showing off some characters like cool don't know who these characters are because we're not getting a deep dive what are the, how why are they important but it's like fine okay that would be fine if this was like just a cool sizzle reel and then you drop the release date then i would forgive you but the fact you're giving us no real inform no new information that's at least interesting that we know of at the moment and still no release date i'm just like why is this here it's Literally, it feels like Pokemon just wanted to say, I guess we're not planning a Pokemon Direct soon. Let's just throw Nintendo this trailer just to remind people that, oh, yeah, DLC is coming. Yeah, that's the weirdest thing. I I uh, predicted, I think, during the podcast, if I remember correctly, that I do think uh, I, I thought a Pokemon Presents would be announced along with a Pikmin 4 Direct. We didn't get announcements of either type of uh, situation like that, which is interesting to say the least. Like, I, I'm right there with you. Like, We didn't get anything out of this no new info i guess we kind of got like understandings of how like the overall setup would be we got the reveal of a couple new characters a lot of people are really latching onto them already but just in general it, like th i've seen theories about with indigo disc is how they would bring back regional forms through it because i think we yeah. saw a lowland executor through it and i mean that gets me excited because i want hisuian pokemon in this game already because i love hisuian forms and i feel like it was kind of sad that they were basically only in Legends Arceus. And I, I mean, obviously, Legends Arceus was like the one right before Scarlet and Violet. But still, I, I want like to be able to use those Pokemon because they are incredible design-wise. Oh, yeah. Uh, but moving on. Again, weird way to start the Direct. Um, but then the, we got a quick trailer for Sonic Superstars. Not really giving us much info other than just saying, oh, hey, it still exists. It's coming on Switch. Uh, they said fall 2023, but I saw a leak the other, um, actually earlier today. Yeah, it was earlier uh, today. The, yeah, the leak date being October 17th, which is three days before uh, what we saw the Super Mario Wonder, we'll talk, which we'll talk about later, and also three days before Spider-Man 2. <laughs> Man, just let me tell you, onslaught of a month. It's kind of ridiculous to think about because just in general, we weren't really 
I don't know. Like we weren't looking at October that crazily enough. Like just the second half of 2023 in general. It started like, kind of weird year. because we were like we had a Alan Wake two and Assassin's Creed Mirage within the same week. And we're like, oh, that's kind of nutty. And then everything just started getting added. <laughs> yeah, once Spider Man hit that week, it was like okay, <laughs> like it's it's pretty ridiculous at this point. I I mean I I don't think it'll get delayed or anything. I mean. I'll, it, I say this, but this is just a leak. Like, it's not fully confirmed. We'll see what happens, like, in the next, like, couple months if they decide to reveal and say, like, yeah, we, we, we're going to stand up to Mario. <laughs> uh, God bless you, Sonic. Um, next game, Palia. It was a survival game, holiday 2023. Not much to say. Honestly, it just kind of looked bad in general, in my opinion. But, hey, you know what? Let's just move past it. Uh, we got a quick trailer for P5 Tactica, November 17th. Uh, did that trailer do anything for y'all, or just basically? Uh, it was nice to see the just... name of the new character, but we also what we got was uh, the pre-order information if you wanted to get a physical copy. Uh, what's funny is uh, if you pre-order, I think it's GameStop. It's either GameStop or Best Buy, but the pre-order bonus, or like I guess like day one and purchase of it, is coasters, like a set of coasters. Oh, you know what? <laughs> I might, I might pre-order through GameStop. You're gonna get that. <laughs> you're, you're going to get that. Come on, I mean, I, I got, I drink a lot, you know. I need some uh, things to put my drinks on. My only uh, question, as a non-Persona fan, is this like, is this a new story with Five, or like, is this? It how, seems how, it's like it. It's, it's a new story. It seems like it's connected to the, like, it takes place afterwards because the whole team is assembled. So, it seems like it takes place afterwards. Yeah. So I got okay. leaked. Uh, a couple things got leaked about this. Actually, it is a sequel to Royal. So it takes place oh, after yeah. the main story. And go well, adding on to the leak that came out around the same time as the trailer, I think it was like a couple hours afterwards, uh, Kasumi and Akechi are confirmed to be day one DLC. Yeah, so they'll just be like extra characters. They won't be like in the actual story or anything. For knowledge. Yeah, to at least our knowledge, which makes sense DLC-wise. Like That's usually how it is. If there's like bonus DLC characters, they're not part of the story. They're just there for like extra bonus uh, soldiers on your tactic squad, pretty much today if you want to use them they'll probably be busted because that's usually how the dlc characters go uh moving on we got a quick trailer for myth force i feel like this game's been in development for years not much else to say 2023 date i will say they say during the trailer it's got the look of a saturday morning cartoon y'all saturday morning cartoons haven't looked like that since the 80s just call it a yeah, boomer cartoon. It's, it's well because they're 80s, 90s yeah they're appealing to the audience who watch saturday morning cartoons which is all, all of us 20s and 30 year olds. Well, that's the thing. I, I used to Saturday watch Saturday morning. morning. Yeah, what the fuck are you out of us? That's why oh, I said 20s. No, no. I, I think he just said, like, the phrase Saturday morning cartoons is what they're trying to appeal to. Even though this art style doesn't appeal to, like, people in their 20s. Like, I, I think it looks cool. Don't get me wrong. I think yeah, that's fine. But, like, you know, it's not like this is my Saturday morning cartoons. You know, my Saturday morning cartoon is regular show. <laughs> I don't know about y'all. Oh, I forgot how young you all are. My <laughs> <laughs> Saturday morning cartoon is Batman the Animated Series. Hey, you know what? You're a real one for that. That show was fucking awesome. <laughs> Moving on, we got the reveal of a new Splatfest. This, okay, I'm sorry. I need to rant about this. Vanilla versus strawberry versus what's the first flavor that comes to your mind, guys? Uh, Mint chip. Mint chip. What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> well, you know why they can't do chocolate, right? It'll look wow. disgusting. Uh, yeah. Yeah, cause, because uh, it would look like liquid shit everywhere. <laughs> Still, <laughs> though, it's just, just don't do that Splatfest then. <laughs> it's it's the reason why there won't ever be like anything that 
uh, is like primarily red because then you look like you're a murder scene of blood everywhere. <laughs> well, no, strawberries. Well, I guess strawberries. It's more pinkish. Yeah, it's just weird. I mean, I love mint chip ice cream. Don't get me wrong. It's just like you sound like a mint chip hater, actually. No, I love mint chip. No, it's just why would you choose mint chip over chocolate? But because they can't have the chocolate, they can't do chocolate. It's dumb. I hate Splatoon. I don't actually hate Splatoon. I've never played it. (laughs) Uh, Next uh, game revealed. I I have a lot to say about this. Detective Pikachu Returns uh, got a date for October sixth. If you don't remember, this game was revealed in the Pokemon uh, presentation back in 2019, where they also said they would uh, release an enhanced version of the first game for Switch. Don't know where that is, <laughs> but hey, you know, we got the sequel right here. Would this do anything for you? No, and this, it's like, they could have gotten away with doing the DLC in the regular Nintendo Direct, but the new Detective Pikachu game and being in this drag means we're definitely not getting a Pokemon Presents anytime soon. At least not until they decide to do yeah. like a deep dive on the DLC. I mean, they could uh, do it. But deep yeah, dive. it's just nutty how this game still looks like a 3DS game. Like they're using the exact same engine art style, whatever, but looks exactly the same and it's not for the better. I mean, they could do a deep dive on Detective Pikachu Returns. Uh, Sounds so fun. I, I think they could sell this game if there is a murder scene. Like, let me see, like. Uh, Mr. Mime is dead. This is Pokemon. We're talking about what are you on about? <laughs> I'm just saying that's the only way you could sell this game. <laughs> it also like, isn't oh. helping. This is like literally days before the onslaught of all the other October games. Like rest in peace, Detective Why Pikachu. Is this is October sixth. What are they cooking? Okay, <laughs> so weird. Uh, but yeah, no, that game looks terrible. I'm sorry. That graphically, we thought Scarlet and Violet back. That looked somehow worse. <laughs> uh, but thankfully, next. Oh. Uh, but oh, fun fact, uh, Detective Pikachu, that's your boy Ichiban, same voice actor. What? They gotta be paying him $100,000 for that one or some crazy <laughs> fucking uh, He needed to role. pay rent that month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, next game, Direct is Save. We got a uh, reveal trailer for Super Mario RPG Remake, which we were all making fun of the rumors saying it's real. Guess what? It It, it is real. <laughs> Just sneaking suspicion. That's why I kept saying there are predictions of like I had a feeling that everything we said was not gonna be there was gonna be there. <laughs> and this was one of I can't believe it's real. I, I can't looking, believe it's real. It looks stunning. And it's also the same date as Persona 5 Tactica. <laughs> sorry, 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 buddy. Tactica, yeah, no. Look, I mean, I'll, I'll probably <laughs> pick up both at the same time because I'm getting Tactica through Game Pass, so I'm only buying RPG. But how do I play both at the same time? Shadow Clone you play Mario. Do you just get good, bro? You just play Mario, because who needs to play Tactica? Uh, I like Tactic yeah. games. Damn, bro, it's fucking hated. Bro, is it? <laughs> I'm surprised you're I... defending the Nintendo game. Yeah, Look, yeah he's I'm a bit is, mad about Nintendo this right is the now. First part of, this is the first point of the Direct where I actually opened my eyes and was like, this is a good <laughs> game. Like, I was like, yeah, wow. no, everything before this was kind of mediocre. And yeah, it was definitely like... Game. This is like right before this, I was definitely like, oh, no, this is going to be a really awkward bad Direct, isn't it? And then yeah. this comes out and saves it. Why don't you start with it? That's what I don't get. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I, mean, I, I guess immediately I'll ask y'all. Do you don't want to peek high, like I guess. Style? Do you guys like okay. the visual So there was, there was a scene with like Mario raising his hand to get like a purple star. It looks so goofy. It's <laughs> so I love it. It's adorable. It looks like a small child like lifting up like, Mama, pick me up. Yeah. I, I love it. I, I didn't see any issue with it, but I also no, I don't have any issues with it. Just, it looks goofy, but like I love how goofy it looks. 
this like, is like a situation like a magnifying glass on some things. Yeah, like this is it's a situation where it's good to be goofy because like it's Mario, it's whimsical, it's fun, and a, a Gino is relevant. Maybe Smash Brothers fans. He's never know? coming to Smash. He's <laughs> never coming to Smash. Now is just gonna do it out of spite. He's not gonna add him. Yeah, really. <laughs> but yeah, no, it looks absolutely incredible. The cutscenes look beautiful. I mean, I was just looking at comparison shots, and I'm like, I don't think I can ever go back to the original. Like, yeah, the original has this classic, like, really. Uh, cool art style in general, like very much like I guess you could call clay type uh, art style, but I don't know. This one just looks so clean, so just full of life. Like just in general, it's like nice to see Mario kind of go past his uh, almost plastic phase that he had with the new Super Mario Brothers games, and we'll talk about with a uh, wonder later on. But like, it's nice to really see Mario games get the personality that I feel like they were. My man has no neck. For. That ne- he doesn't need it. <laughs> uh moving on uh koizumi and um I forget the other guy's name i, I apologize uh they were talking kind of about more mario stuff in general and they revealed that a princess peach game uh and uh luigi's mansion dark moon like visually <clears throat> enhanced as they like to put it are both going to be coming out in 2024 interesting announcements to say the least uh, i guess i'll immediately ask like the princess peach game did that do anything for y'all it looked very sailor moonish well, yeah, I mean, that's what kind of everyone's been calling it online. It's like Peach with Magical Girl. It's it's a Magical Girl now. Yeah, no, um, I, I like the uh, theater aesthetic with the Peach game. Yeah, game that's, that's it's so funny. Like, there were so many people, including myself, who thought it was Paper Mario at first because of the theater as- aesthetic. Well, no, if it was Paper Mario, it would have looked like dog shit. Sorry. Mo- modern Paper Mario has just... No, it's like, imagine they drop remake of RPG and remaster of Thousand Year Door in the same direct. (laughs) That would have been the greatest day of my life. (laughs) No, but Princess Peach game, genuinely. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm up for it. I mean, I want to know more. They they didn't really show much, but I'm interested. You don't even have a name. Yeah, Yeah. like, they just said Princess Peach game, and they didn't really... It it makes me wonder why they revealed it, because Nintendo's usually, like, Good, like they hold off on reveals like this, especially after what happened to Prime Four. I mean, to be honest, this this doesn't look like it'd be like that crazy of a game, but I don't think they had any issue reviewing it. It's just weird. There's no, like not even a title, which is really bugging me on my Game Track app right now because it's just a blank square with titled "Untitled Princess Peach Game." Like, there's not even yeah. a picture. There's not a name. It's bugging me, and it's going to be sitting there <laughs> all the way good into 2024 until we get more information more information and i want to point this out with the luigi's mansion dark moon thing i see all these twitter peeps going like why did they choose luigi's mansion why do this instead of like kid icarus uprising metroid samus return guys i love those games metroid samus returns kid icarus uprising amazing games luigi's mansion sold like 10 times more all right that's why they're fucking doing it because it sold more like not the first one as well I mean, maybe if they put Kid Icarus on the Switch, it will sell, but you know. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm just saying Luigi's Mansion, there's a clear cho- reason why they chose that uh, Dark Moon. And I'm seeing a lot of Dark Moon slander in general. Dark Moon's a great game. It's the weakest Luigi's Mansion, but it's still a great game. Yeah, that's I, the thing. I, is like, I don't know if it's good or not. Like, I keep hearing a lot of people say, oh, it's not a great game. And some people are like, oh, it's actually really good. Like, okay, I, I'll say it like this. I'm a Luigi's Mansion 1 purist. That's my favorite. And I love Dark Moon. It's a lot of weirdo Luigi's Mansion 1 fanboys that act like, oh, it lost all the personality. It's like, yes, I love Luigi's Mansion 1. I love the personality, but Dark Moon is a great game in and of itself. 
I get really defensive about Luigi's Mansion, as you can tell. <laughs> I still need to play three, and I guess I'll try to play two at some point. They're great games. I highly recommend them. Um, next game, we got Batman Arkham Trilogy. This was rumored for... Oh, go ahead. So, when I saw this, I audibly laughed. <laughs> because Arkham Knight running on the Switch is basically turning your Switch into a hand grenade. <laughs> I, I don't know that... how the hell that's going to run. I mean, <laughs> this that game, game was going to turn your Switch into a fucking bomb. I don't that's see any other way. That's <laughs> what's so interesting, cute. though. It came out in 2015, yet it looks better than most modern games, which kind of okay. just shows... Like, All the Batman so, games you know, look so good. So, Rock City are, Rock if you, crack. If you, if you want to talk about that, it is thanks to the art direction of the team at Rock City. They are like utter gods when it comes to that. If you look yeah, at we'll uh, Gotham Knights, for instance, and compare it to the Arkham games, it's night and day, and it's all thanks to yeah. the art direction. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll, we'll see if that arc direction can hold through with a uh, Suicide Squad. I really hope that game's good. <laughs> uh, why'd you remind me of that? Yeah, yeah. thanks. For, yeah. I'm sorry. I just brought bring it down the podcast. Down. All right, well, let's bring it back up. A uh, fall 2023 uh, for Batman Arkham Trilogy. Weird that they don't have a an exact date. Whatever. It's Probably fine. October. Um. <laughs> yeah, let's just throw it in. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> Send it out to die. Uh, next trailer we got Gloomhaven. Uh, no, I don't think we have much to say about this one. September. 18th. Never even heard of this franchise, but apparently it's a big like RPG, like tabletop RPG uh, franchise. Never heard of it though. I swear, tabletop fans come out of the woodwork. They do not exist, and then a tabletop game gets announced, and they're, they're like, "Yeah, I'm a big tabletop guy." It's like, win. <laughs> That's the September 18th date. It looks neat. Uh, Just Dance 2024 trailer, October 24th. Add on to the October hype. Spider-Man 2's got some competition, I'll say that much. Uh, Silent Hope. Um, if I remember, this was the dungeon crawling game? That it's like a dungeon on? crawler, like, roguelike, where, you, where you're kind of constantly going in, getting loot, coming back out. Yeah, it, looked, it actually looked really cool. I, I like the uh, uh, anime cutscenes that they showed off as well. It, looked, it has an interesting style, to say the least. I, it I looks neat, but once again, it's being thrown into the pool that is October. Yeah, October 3rd, yeah. Uh, that's an on-sale pickup for me, but yeah. it, it looks cool. Well, I think they it's also funny, though, but maybe this is only just because I'm a voice actor, but the, they like specifically call outs like, they're all silent characters because of a curse. That just means, that just says to me, you are, you just didn't want to hire any voice actors into write actual dialogue, is <laughs> because so you made all your characters silent. And I'll be honest, when I when they said all the characters were silent, I got excited. I'm like, oh, good. No, like, battle barks or, like, take take some of this! <laughs> oh, I miss those. <laughs> I, I get so sick of them, bro. <laughs> uh, we got a quick trailer for Fae Farm. I feel like I've seen this game. Like, More farming know. simulators. Woohoo! September 8th. Uh, then we got Hot Wheels Unleashed 2 trailer. It looked neat. October 19th. More Hot Wheels. Out. Yeah, it, I, watching it, I was like, damn, this reminds me of Micro Machines. Why isn't Micro Machines back? That, that was so much cooler than Hot Wheels. I'm like the one person who thinks that, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> we got a quick trailer for Manic Mechanics, July 13th. Not much to say there, I don't think. Yeah, it's just another one of those Overcooked clones. Yeah, none of them get the hype for Overcooked. I'm just going to say that. Overcooked gets it. Um, We got Sparks of Hope DLC. No one talked about it. It got Shadow Dropped. <laughs> I didn't even know it Shadow Dropped. Yeah, it was Shadow yeah, Dropped. They kind of just mentioned it in passing. It's like, oh, yeah, you can play it today, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> okay, cool. If you want. Uh, we also got a trailer for Dragon Quest Monsters The Dark Prince. This is kind of like uh, the Dragon Quest Pokemon game. Um, 
December 1st is the release date. It it's like half Pokemon, like half Persona, because you're like cutting them up and mishing, uh, mashing them all together. Oh yeah, fusing them and whatnot. Yeah, I, I, I was into that. I actually thought it was a really cool trailer. But um, Min and I were talking about this before the podcast. We're kind of we struggle with the idea of like starting long JRPGs nowadays because man, these things are long. Because y'all are weak. That's why. Because I have a job. I have a job <laughs> and I'm running telling. this and I have a life I still fuck the name. Because you all you play is JRPG. All right, listen. All right, let's just move on. Uh, this is my segment. We got some Pikmin Four gameplay, man. Let me tell you guys, this shit was hype. Uh, this was a I, meaty I, chunk. <laughs> Yeah, you're going to yeah, have to sell me on Pikmin because this trailer didn't okay. do shit for me. Okay, I need to say this purely and honestly. I thought Pikmin looked like shit for the longest time, and I always avoided it as a franchise. You, It's one of those franchises you have to play. Like, you won't get it. if you like. It, looking at it, it looks boring. That's how it was with Fire Emblem. Now it's one of my favorite franchises. Genuinely, Pikmin looks so boring, but when you get into the like actual gameplay, the meat of the game, it is so much fun. There's so much charm. There's so much, like, personality with all the like actual pikmin i I love multitasking like creating like my armies Uh, i'm going to talk about it later in the podcast but i i beat pikmin 3 recently absolutely the peak of the series i i'm I'm a pikmin maniac now and this gameplay looked absolutely incredible you know we got some indoor environments we had the dog which seems to be a lot more of a bigger deal than like they were kind of alluding to uh earlier and glow pikmin yo glow pikmin Okay, pause for applause. Uh, Glow Pikmin. <laughs> you pop off, bro. <laughs> yo, that's fucking crazy, okay? Because the whole point of Pikmin is that you can't go, like, during night because of the nocturnal creatures. And then they're like, no, you can go out during the night. And there's a new Pikmin type, Glow Pikmin. This game's going to be crazy, y'all. All right? I'm just I mean, saying, I do right? admire the, uh, the addition of Glow Pikmin because it is adding, like, a whole other layer to the structure of the game. Exactly. And, um, I'm, I'm happy for you. Thank you. That's, <laughs> I, I, that's all I need. Uh, and of course, the date is July 21st. They also announced a demo for June 28th, which is exciting. Uh, I probably won't. It depends on how I feel, but it's like it's that close to release. I'm probably just going to wait. Um, and then they also just uh, shadow dropped digitally Pikmin 1 plus 2, you know, re releasing the original games finally, which is absolutely awesome and to see. It is tempting also. for me to see that on there. It's like, wow, maybe I should just play the franchise. No, I, I, okay, so I would actually say play Pikmin 3's demo. Pikmin 3 I did, actually. Demo. Oh, you did? I mean, how you did you like it? I can't okay. remember. Okay, guys, let's, let's, let's uh, move on from Pikmin. <laughs> I can't remember if I liked it. I mean, I beat it, but I can't remember how I felt about it. You thought it was boring. Oh my god, Fusion, you know what? You're not the Nintendo. You don't care. I'm not, I'm just, I swear I remember him saying that on the Discord. Oh, that's for Pikmin, oh, okay. For Pikmin three, <laughs> yeah. Huh. Maybe I'll replay I thought you it. Were saying you thought it was boring. <laughs> oh was no, like, I didn't. I, you think I played that? No. Oh my god. Guys, I'll try. I'll, maybe I'll try the demo again. Guys, this is a big moment for Pikmin fans. Okay. Dude, <laughs> I'm very excited for like every time I you like you said, it's probably one of those games I have to play to enjoy it. But because every time I see it, I'm like, this looks bad. But it like, I'm happy boring, for all the yes. Pikmin. <laughs> I'm like happy people. for all three of you fans, okay? There's a lot of us! <laughs> Dozens. <laughs> there is so many Pikmin fans. Pikmin's fans so, Pikmin games sell way more than you would expect. I'm just going to say that right now. They're all in right? the shadows. <laughs> They're the in the shadows. You? I swear to God. 
Pikmin disrespect. I will also say Pikmin 2, they got rid of the product placement. I it's ruined. You might as well just like go buy a Wii and play Pikmin 2 that way. Because now instead of Duracell batteries, you just pick up like fucking random no brand named batteries. How am I supposed to enjoy the game? Oh. That's that's rough. How am I supposed to have that my product placement? How can I enjoy my game without my yeah. product placement? This is like when they remove monsters. I just went from a six to a two. I can't believe that. <laughs> The biggest highlight of the game is there are some batteries. You know they're cooking. <laughs> oh my god. Listen, this guy always... Okay, whatever. <laughs> the next thing, we got the MGS Master Collection Volume 1. There is a lot here. They include Metal Gear Solid 1, 2, and 3, uh, Metal Gear 1 and 2, the NES Metal Gear 1, uh, Snake's Revenge, which was kind of like the sequel that Konami made without Kojima, that is absolutely terrible, but the fact that they included it is pretty crazy. The Metal Gear Solid 1 and 2 graphic novels, which if I remember, they released initially on the PSP uh, that retell the stories of Metal Gear Solid 1 and 2 in a graphic novel format. Uh, strategy guides, archives, digital soundtrack, all on October 24th. And they also announced that MGS 1, 2, and 3 will be available like separately on the eShop as well. And there's also a physical version. Uh, I okay. I am extremely happy with this collection. I think everything here just looks very solid. Uh, this is pretty much how I would want these games to be re uh, revealed and released. I'm extremely excited for it. Uh, Dark, you got anything? Yeah, so one thing I want to mention about this that I found like utterly hilarious. There was images. I don't know like what like what, what part this is part of, but apparently there's a version of this that comes with a cologne of Shadow Moses. I'm like, yeah, I what know. does Shadow Moses spell? I cannot find that. I, I was like looking for I saw it. the image, but I can't remember where I saw it. I don't know if it was a Mibra, but it is the funniest feel... shit I've ever seen in regards to me. Yeah, I just saw it. As it a looks computer. so goofy, it looks real. Yeah, that's the thing. I, 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 I mean, okay, listen, I would wear it. <laughs> I would at well, least try it out. Like... <laughs> Snakes. What does Snake smell? Oh, he crawls around in the jungle and like government <laughs> facilities. He probably smells terrible now that I think about it. Hmm. But I mean, it, it just in general, the collection looks absolutely incredible. Um, I I feel like a lot of people weren't talking about like they were are selling FGS one, two, and three separately, which is also just a cool thing in and of itself. I'm gonna be replaying these games. I mean, these are literally like all three of them are like my favorite games of all time, at least in my top fifty. And also, we got kind of like an interesting. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, I know you were like. Well, okay. Well, that's like, like a maybe, big deal. Favorite games of all time with went all the way to top fifty. No. Okay. Okay. Two is like top five. Like that's my number five favorite game. And then three and one are like in the thirties. Okay. <laughs> that's okay. still a big bar. Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But yeah, no, I, I love Metal Gear Solid. It's one of my all-time favorite franchises. And yeah, I'm excited to replay through these games. Uh, so it does exist. It's only being sold by one retailer with the Switch version only. And the only website that's selling it right now is some Spanish website called Extra Life is the retailer. But it's all in Spanish. I'm on this website right now. Why are they so hiding it? That's weird. Your Shadow Moses collector title, bro. I will say about this collection, though, and I hope more collections start doing this in the future. Uh, the inclusion of strategy guides. I think this is a first for these kind of collections. Yeah. Like digital store, uh, strategy guides. Yeah, no, I love that type of stuff. Because there's a lot of moments in MGS1, especially where I get stuck. <laughs> I just looked it up. So um, what, uh, what platform are you getting it on? PS5. <laughs> nice. I, I got to play uh, the classics on uh, 
PlayStation. Uh, Vampire Survivors, we got a quick trailer for that. Um, I don't think this was revealed as a port earlier. I think this is the first time we're hearing of the port. Yeah, Obviously, there were like some people going, how is this going to run on a Switch? It's Vampire Survivors? Yeah, that's a lot. There's a lot on screen sometimes. I mean, yeah, there, there's a lot on screen, but... Maybe People like are questioning this. Am I questioning the Batman Arkham trilogy? <laughs> yeah, I didn't see anyone talk about Arkham Knight, and I was just like, "That's what." That game's a switch and bomb. <laughs> uh, we also got a quick trailer for uh, Headbangers Rhythm Royale, October thirty-first. Okay, I'll be honest. I love rhythm games. This game actually looks pretty cool. Why are you releasing it October, man? Yeah, I know what we're doing Halloween. <laughs> yeah, no, that's it's weird. What, You'll be playing Silk Song that day, so. Yeah, okay. How, how, do we, how do we tell him? <laughs> he oh, only, wait. I, I, wanna, uh, I wanna mention this real quick. This go ahead, go ahead. Say, uh, 2024 on it. So I don't know how you'd be playing Silk Song, but you know. I just wanna mention real quick, Fusion played uh, Hollow Knight recently, like the last few months, and he's over here like begging for Silk Song already. Like you <laughs> like, have not waited some, the same way. Sometimes the newest fans are the biggest voices. I'm just doing it for the people. Yeah, that's what I'm doing for Pikmin 4 right now, fighting for Exactly. And that game comes wait, out wait, like next month. I thought you said that Pikmin has a bunch of fans, though. Oh, true. Hey, dude, no, I'm saying I'm fighting for its life because y'all motherfuckers <laughs> want to roast Pikmin. You're fighting for its life because it's a dying franchise. Anyway, it's move on to the... It's literally getting a new <laughs> game. <laughs> Anyways. At least my game has a fucking release date. <laughs> that was too far. <laughs> oh, now it's too far. Okay, whatever. We'll see, what game. Game. we'll see what games on the game of the year at the end of the year. Won't be Pikmin. It's going to be Family Game. I bet you it's going to be Indominated. <laughs> so, did they confirm uh, with Headbangers, is it a free-to-play game, or do we have to pay for this Pigeon game? <laughs> I think we have to pay for it. No! Real quick. Um, headbangers, Rhythm Royale. On the spot, on the spot. Um, I don't see anything about a price, but it looks like it's going to be a price. Yeah, okay. You're going to have to buy this one. It's probably like $30. <laughs> oh. And hopefully a budget price at least. Uh, next game, uh, Penny's Big Breakaway. Uh, early 2024 date. One of the few 2024 dates, actually. Uh, this actually comes from the developers of Sonic Mania. Um, this came from a new story over at Tom Ivan at VGC. Um, Sonic Mania developers revealed 3D platformer Penny's Big Breakaway. It's the debut title from Evening Star, an LA-based studio whose founding members include creative director and lead engine architect Christian Whitehead, who was Sonic Mania's director. We're all familiar with him. And I thought this game looked sick. Uh, as a big 3D platformer fan, I am a big fan of this art style. I think just the game in general looks like a ton of fun. Uh, did you guys have any thoughts on it? If you're, if anybody is familiar with Sonic Mania, you know that this game is probably going to be fucking incredible, especially when it comes to the exactly. platforming and everything. Yeah, Sonic yeah. I'm not a huge 3D platforming guy or platforming in general, but even I was kind of interested by this. It really depends on the price and when it comes out, because right now it says early 2024, and there's a lot of other games that say early 2024. It's going to come out same day as uh, Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth. <laughs> and Persona 3 Reload. True. <laughs> uh, next game, uh, we got a bit of a trailer for Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, uh, the booster course past Wave 5. Just revealed the date of summer 2023. No exact uh, details yet. Uh, they kind of showed off some characters like Beauty Piranha. Uh, um, what's his name? Magic Koopa. Kamek. Kamek. <laughs> I don't know why I call him Magic Koopa. But uh, yeah, we got Kamek finally, which I'm extremely excited about. I love Kamek. You can't but, remember I mean, his name. Well, I mean, I'm just saying I like Kamek, okay? Man? I don't know All who right. that is, so. 
You don't know Kamek? <laughs> no, I cannot tell you that is. Well, most uh, people don't know who Kamek is if you just say that you know Everyone who Kamek. knows Kamek? What? He literally fight him in every Mario game. <laughs> That's the problem. He's, Fusion doesn't play Mario. Yeah, so. Fusion plays Mario. <laughs> I've played like two. Oh my god, I swear to god, I hate you guys. <laughs> Dude, I didn't now have a Nintendo console. I'm getting gaslit to thinking that people don't know Kamek. <laughs> I mean... I, you I would show me a picture, and I would not be able to tell you a name. <laughs> exactly. He was in the movie. He was in the movie. Well, you can't watch a goddamn Mario movie. No, I wanted, I wanted to watch it, but it was like I didn't really have the time, and it was just like, yeah, I just haven't watched it yet. That's what everyone says. That's what everyone says. <laughs> Pikmin fans yeah. are not. Anyway, <laughs> bro, shut the. <laughs> Stop bringing up Pikmin. <laughs> Next game. We got a trailer for Star Ocean, the second story R. We actually got this leaked a bit of a bit ago. Uh, day for November 2nd. HD 2D keeps showing off why it is the best art style. This game looks absolutely incredible artistically. Artistically, and even the gameplay looked really cool, too. It was like a weird combination of um, Tales and... I guess it seems kind of Tales-inspired, at least with the, like, the assist thing. So I'm all for it. Yeah, I'm right there with you. It's the Dark Arabic RPG guy. You you into it? Yeah, yeah, of course. I'm gonna give it a try. Give my honest thoughts on it. it. Looks fun. And I don't have much to say about it. I always wanted to get into the Star Ocean series. So it's something I'm planning to do soon. But uh, it, yeah, they really they have that. Problem with they the Star that. Ocean franchise is that like the last like three or four games just have not been received well. well that's so funny. A lot of people actually kind of like the last one. But also, it was like 70s in Metacritic. Like, yeah. It's just a series that's been going through a lot. Yeah, they, 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 they at least agree it's better than like 4. Yeah, exactly. Is Star Ocean like only on Nintendo? No, it's on oh, it was PlayStation. PlayStation. Oh, there you go. Uh, next uh, game, we actually got a quick trailer for WarioWare Move It. A brand new WarioWare. Uh, very akin to uh, WarioWare Smooth Moves on Wii. Uh, November 3rd date. Um, this looks like it's going to go back to like classic WarioWare style, which I'm extremely happy about because I don't know what the hell they were doing with the last WarioWare game. <laughs> if I'm being honest, with the dumbass characters moving the cursor, I, it just it was dumb. It was bad. I, I didn't like it. But this one looks a lot more like a kind of return to form. The only issue is that like at this point, it's like they always talk about how weird WarioWare is. Now it just looks kind of normal. We're used to WarioWare at this point. <laughs> but even then, it looks fun. Just a weird one for November third. That's gonna be like one of the big November games. I might skip it and wait for a sale. That I don't know. I just find it weird. Like we keep talking about how it doesn't seem like Nintendo wants to do like multiples of the same franchise on the same console, and yet we're getting now two WarioWare's or three WarioWare's now on the same console. No, just two. Okay, so it's a lot more than a lot of other franchises where they just get their one game on the Switch, and now we gotta wait for like the Switch Two for the next iteration. I was fully expecting one of you to bring up Pikmin again, I'll be honest. Um, <laughs> I mean, I can if you want, but you know. No, I was no, thinking about not. it. I spared you. Next, uh, they revealed the Zelda and Ganondorf Amiibos for Tears of the Kingdom. Reveal for holiday 2023. Um, I mean, not much to say. The, the, yeah, I told you that there wasn't going to be any DLC for those. Okay. Yeah, bro, well, okay. not, we don't. That's not fully confirmed yet. We don't know for sure, but... I don't know, this other one looks fine, but Ganondorf. I might pick that one up. Ganondorf's my boy. <laughs> um, and then final thing of the trailer. Uh, this is my highlight of the direct. Super Mario Brothers Wonder. 
a brand new 2D platforming Mario game. I, again, one that is not of the new Super Mario Brothers variety. I like those games, but they were kind of getting stale by like the second one of them. Yeah, there's five <laughs> Whereas, of them. Exactly. Whereas this one is a brand new art style. It looked weird at first, but then I look at it more and I'm like, this has so much style, so much personality. I am absolutely in love with it now. And I mean, October 20th, same day as Spider-Man 2, that is really tough for me because, I mean, I love both franchises a lot, but I mean, just looking at it, the game looks absolutely incredible. Did you guys have any thoughts on it? Yeah, it looks I'll great. Just, I'll just say that um, in our Fantasy Critic League, Moon's about to lose like 30 points because mm. Mario games do not <laughs> score low ever, and like this one's getting a 90-something, like it's just going to be up there. This was like this is also my game of the show where it was just like I thought the colors and everything they were going for like even the music it was just so like jolly like, I thought it was really cool. Yeah, I'm pretty much like right there with you. I will say it, it, Elephant Mario. Oh yeah. I'm not proud. Of, I'm not proud of Twitter man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will really say just a side one. note about how you said like it's on Spider-Man Two. Do you think there was ever a time where Spider-Man Two was September? And they moved because of all this stuff there and like Starfield, and then they got placed because they were like one of the first big October games, and now they're just surrounded. I wonder if they were like, maybe uh, we should have not have been here. <laughs> I bet you it was just an internal delay to like make sure the game was polished, and it just kind of worked out that like, oh, we're avoiding Starfield, and now it's like, well, shit, guess that doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. <laughs> went for one big, went from fighting Xbox to finding Nintendo. <laughs> like so I. Yeah, they're not gonna like lose anything. Oh yeah, them. no, they won't. Like neither side, because like Nintendo fans and PlayStation fans, there's not. I I will say there is overlap, but I don't think it's as big to like really make a dent into either of their sales. Yeah, it's there's definitely an overlap for people like us who like pretty much all consoles yeah. and most genres. But I think we actually might be a minority. <laughs> oh yeah, we're definitely yeah, a minority. Yeah, exactly. I'm just thinking like. Not even not Mario or Spider Man because they don't have to. But I'm thinking like Alan Wake. Like some of these games, I feel like should just delay a couple weeks into November. Like give yourself a little yeah. bit more polish time and just like move away. To yeah, just, like Alan like, Wake or Assassin's Creed could afford to move. That's what I mean. Like I feel that's... like I want Alan Wake to succeed so bad, and I feel like it could sink just in being in the middle of all of this. I just don't understand. It's so funny because like every game developer started like wanting to avoid November because it's like, well, that's the holiday month. That's when all the big holiday games come out, and now that new one is October. So it's just like we 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 avoided every the big holiday rush of November, then just changed it to October. <laughs> yeah, I mean November still even it only has like really five big games right now, and even then it's they're not slouchers. <laughs> We yeah, got but... Star Ocean, Yaku, or Like a Dragon, Persona 5 Tactics, Mario RPG, and Dragon Quest Monsters. Like, it's, I'm sure there'll be more later, but it's already kind of nutty and all, and still in November. And you already know, but it's it's expanded for, to both October and November. It's like we just dread that those months now every year. But yeah, that's pretty much the direct in general. Uh, I thought yet again, it was a solid show. I will say one uh, complaint I did have that I didn't bring this up earlier. I thought the pacing of the show was really weird. Again, like the first 10 minutes, we were pretty doom and gloom until Super Mario RPG showed up. I don't know why they didn't just start with Super Mario RPG is basically my viewpoint. Because the second half of the direct flowed a lot quicker, a lot better, a lot big, like more interesting games in general in the second half versus the first half where it felt like almost 
obligatory games that would show up in every direct. If you guys uh, have any thoughts on that, yeah, after Pikmin uh, had a segment, I already picked up. I swear to God, I'm just gonna <laughs> skip this. Okay. Um, what is? I don't get it. What did Pikmin do to you guys? All right. We love Pikmin. I'm gonna get those Pikmin ice cubes. I don't know if you guys saw those online, but yeah, that's dude, all. Those look sick. I'm become a Pikmin lover, bro. bro. Shut the fuck. I'm, I'm not bringing up your favorite franchises, but I will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because if you don't. Second big news story. <laughs> Ignoring Pikmin. Microsoft is raising the Xbox Series X and uh, Game Pass prizes, uh, prices uh, kind of globally. Uh, this comes over Tom Ivan over at VGC yet again. Um, the price of the console will rise in August in most countries, excluding the US, Japan, Chile, Brazil, and Colombia, while Game Pass, Game Pass prices will increase in July in most markets, excluding Norway, Chile, Denmark, Switzerland, and Saudi Arabia. Uh, we've held on to our, pri- our prices for consoles for many years and have adjusted the prices to reflect the competitive conditions in each market, Kerry Perez, Microsoft's head of gaming communications, said in a statement to VGC. Um, uh, as reported by The Verge, starting on August 1st, Xbox Series X will cost €479.99 Euros in the UK, €549.99. Um, oh, wait, no, £479.99. I get European cons- uh, currencies confused, I'm sorry, <laughs> uh, in the UK. Uh, 549.99 uh, euros across most European markets, and then 649.99 Canadian dollars, and 799.99 in Australia. Jesus Christ! And, and then, uh, for, and then for uh, the Game Pass subscription from July 6th, the monthly price of an Xbox Game subscription for console will increase from 9.99 to 10.99. Um, I will say immediately just to start us off, I thought this was pretty much expected, especially after the big Microsoft presentation. I feel like if you did this news after Redfall's release, that would have been a really bad uh, look. <laughs> just to should have done it right before it. <laughs> yeah, really. It's like, hey guys, you know what? It's worth it because Redfall's coming. Oops. <laughs> but yeah, no, they they definitely wanted to wait until like try to get that Starfield money. So like most people's viewpoints is, well, I'm gonna play. I need to play Starfield. I'm fine with paying an extra like two dollars. Do you guys have any thoughts? Xbox is in my doghouse right now because they just charged me again for Game Pass this month because I forgot to cancel from having it last month <laughs> to play Hellblade. So here I am. <laughs> there better be something for me to play. It's the best deal in gaming. It really is, though. Yeah. I mean, what, uh, but yeah, it's like dollars? not a whole lot to say. The money is fluctuating a lot all across the world, so it's bound to happen. Plus, like you also said, they they got to start recuperating everything they're spending money on. Exactly. I mean, they're they're making so many deals in general. Like they gotta start, you know, raising prices. This was expected to happen. Like, I don't surprised it, this last year. As, yeah, as far as it didn't happen sooner, and that's also not affecting the U.S. I will say, they didn't raise the prices on PC at all. And then I, it's the it's the fanboy saying it, but they come back to the point where it's like console feels like the second class citizen. Because like then you like PC, you don't even have to pay for gold on PC, and now Game Pass is still nine ninety nine on PC. Well, like, they're just like with the the viewpoint on PC. I think the big thing there is they want to try to like make sure to get like an established audience on PC first before they start doing it. Like they have their audience on Xbox, they want to make sure they can really hook in the PC players to want to pay for Game Pass Ultimate. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, not much else to say there. Just 
I, I put it as a big topic, but it really isn't much to say in general. Uh, moving on to the small topics, we're going to run through these pretty quickly. First, Immortals of AVM delayed to August 22nd. And originally, it was supposed to release in July. Uh, now, August, uh, July only has like one big game in general. Um, and now, like, Immortals of Avium is right next to a lot of big August games. I mean, I, I thought this game had a chance, if I'm being honest, in July. It is going to get buried in August. Do you guys have any thoughts on that? No, not really. I kind of like what you just said. Like, it had a chance to be, like, kind of a weird standout game for July outside of, like, Pikmin. But, yeah, now it's surrounded by, you know, Armored Core and... Granted, just Armored Core, but I mean, there's also like a Texas, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre game, like maybe that could take off or, you know, nothing. Week later. Yeah, and Sea of Stars is only five days later, so. Yeah, Sea of Stars, and then, um, well, granted, we haven't seen anything about that Alice Fallen game, could be interesting. I think that's also August, though, yeah. Yeah, no, that's uh, August as well. I will say the previews have been like pretty positive, honestly. I, I was surprised, like, reading and watching all the previews for the game, so it's like, it will be a shame if it kind of just goes under the radar, especially with EA doing, like, the EA originals. And, like, we kind of want this game to be good so, like, EA can, like, continue to push yeah, out. The EA originals game. keeps popping out, like, bangers. That's it, what I mean. Like, just EA super originals. bangers. The best part of EA, honestly, is EA originals. Uh, moving on. We got a new story that I think was expected, but it's still really sad to read about. E3 was canceled for 2024 and 2025. Comes over uh, Warrior64 over on Twitter. This is according to a Los Angeles uh, City Tourism uh, Board of Commissioners. I'll say this right now. I thought this was pretty much like confirmed with uh, the cancellation of 2023's E3. But man, does it fucking suck. Because it really just guarantees, like, yeah, E3 truly is dead. I just hate how they, like, they're always like, it's canceled for next year. Like, just say it's canceled forever. Like, you're, they, they keep trying to come back, and it just hurts me even more when they, like, get so close, and then they cancel. Don't, <laughs> like, don't give me hope. <laughs> like, just just give it all to Jeff Keighley at this point. Just let Jeff do it. Yeah, I was, I was half expecting Keighley tweet to tweet out to be like, don't forget to tune in for Summer Game Fest 2024 <laughs> and 2025. <laughs> if he did that, I swear I would have unfollowed him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let them come back and let them overtake Keighley. It just can't happen, but I wish it could It just won't ever happen. Like, even if they f- truly tried to, it just seems like the companies don't want to play ball anymore. And it's so insane, because, like, when they canceled this year, they were like, we're going to come back next year. Like, they said that just a month ago. Like, a month or two ago. They were like, we'll and yeah, here's the city year. of Los Angeles. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, okay. Like, yeah, that's just, They can't figure it out, like, logistically. So, it just, it sucks. Yeah, it just sucks in general. Like E3, like produced some of the greatest moments in gaming, and like just reveals wise, and now it's just not really a thing. I mean, granted, we still get those crazy game reveals. I mean, we were just talking about Super Mario RPG remake and Mario Wonder, but like you know, I feel like E3 was that cons- like consolidated like center point where you could get it all, and just seeing it go away again, it just sucks. I kind of want Summer Game Fest to just rebrand. Just, like, give Jeff the E3 name and, like, just let him, like, we need some magic back. Summer Game Fest is good, and it's been, like, solid for the foundation. But, like, E3 just had something special, and I feel like we just... I feel that's like the thing is, though, Jeff even is if they perfect. did... That's the thing, though. Even if they... Even if Keeley did all of that, it doesn't seem like, especially, like, Nintendo and Sony just don't want to participate in those kinds of things anymore. Yeah. That's like the biggest hurdle right now is they probably could just start E3 right now 
if they if they got like the support of like yeah nintendo's gonna have a direct during there we're gonna schedule playstation to have a showing and then yeah boom e3 is back but the problem is the years before e3 died nintendo bowed out playstation bowed out some of like the big third parties bowed out so it really wasn't e3's fault it actually was all these other like companies just being like well physical events are kind of dying off we don't want to spend the money to go there and set up a booth and make a whole showcase so we're just gonna bow out and just do a digital thing so it was it's like half the world moving on to marketing being cheaper like hey we can do the exact same thing for cheaper at home and also like they just they didn't need to do it they don't need to play ball yeah i remember i remember playstation was the first one to back out and it's been like five to six years at this point like e3 was still e3 when they backed out and i remember just being like Oh, they'll be back next year. They never came back. <laughs> like it was just like it was so disappointing when they left that one year, like in 2018, I think it was. And we were like, "Oh, they'll be back." Like this is just a one-off thing, and they just never returned. Good to know we have Sony to blame for Keeley shows. Yeah. Hey, what's kind of funny is, is one wasn't the last Sony E3 that crazy event for like Last of Us Two, where they took everyone in the audience to like this. Yes, back, yes. back outside thing to do like a live musical performance. Yep. That shit must have been expensive and nobody liked it. That's probably what killed it. Yeah, because they changed for every game. Like, well, not well. Then they went to like, I think they saw Ghost after that, and like they did another musical thing. Like, it was probably a lot. <laughs> it was a lot, and then they just realized what was the point of spending all this money. <laughs> We spent all this money and we're not getting any good press for it. People are mocking us for like, we made a bunch of journalists walk around and listen to musical performances. Um, yeah. on. Oh, all good? All right. yeah, yeah, I was just going to say on. one last thing is like, okay. E3 to me now just feels like, like the Game Awards. Like, it just feels, the Game Awards is just like, it's the big show of the year where it feels like E3 just in December. Like, you, that's where, even with Summer Games Fest, like, He'll have some announcements, but like the Game Awards has went away from like the actual awards mattering and more to just like Jeff is about to show you forty mind blowing titles. <laughs> like, forty mind blowing titles. Yeah. Well, I, sure. that was an exaggeration, but like, success. I mean, uh-huh. like the Xbox was shown off there. Like every every big There's game in the past like few years reveals something. Like Dragon Age, Mass Effect, Hellblade. Like they were all at the Game Awards. I feel like the. I, I don't know. I still feel like June is almost like a center point for most game announcements. I mean, we got a lot of shows in general. Well, it makes sense. June. June is because it's the summer and it's like the pre of like, oh yeah, get ready. Here's going to be all of our holiday games. Whereas, exactly. I mean, even Jeff Keighley admitted to this that the Game Awards and the reason why it actually gets a lot of those crazy um, like CGI trailers for games that are like super far off is because they don't feel like the need to show off a game that is coming out pretty soon. Like they he's Jeff Keeley even said like companies have admitted, hey, the Game Awards is a nice place to throw out a CGI teaser trailer for a game that doesn't it isn't coming out for a while. It's almost like a um what are they calling those? It's like a hey come come work with us kind of thing like yeah. kind of announcement. So it is interesting to see and I think the last Game Awards wasn't so CGI heavy, so it might be slowly transitioning. Yeah, um, but go ahead. If you had one more thing. Yeah, that, that was just, yeah, I guess Mood's right where it's like they do show a lot of like projects at the Game Awards where they're years out, where it does feel like a hiring like strategy. Like even like, but I, I don't know. It's it's still like 
when I think right now, when I think of big reveals, I think of the Game Awards, and I feel like that's just how it. That's not how it should be. Like I should think of E3 in like June, but it's like when I'm thinking of the big reveals, I'm like, in the past few years, I'm like, oh, I'll just wait till the Game Awards in December. It'll be a four-hour show. <laughs> like, yeah, right there with you. Um, next news story: uh, EA Sports and EA Games is splitting apart. This isn't really a, much of a story. I just wanted to go over this real quick. Uh, written by Cat Bailey over at IGN. Uh, the reorganization includes splitting EA Games and EA Sports, with the former being renamed EA Entertainment, and a signal EA intends to expand beyond games where possible. Uh, uh, start quote, we're building the future of interactive entertainment on a foundation of legendary franchises and innovative new experiences, which represents massive opportunities for growth, Wilson wrote in a message announcing the news. Not really much of a news story in general. It kind of just signifies that maybe EA wants to move towards like different things in general, but like EA Sports, EA Games, like, I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of a non-news story, in my opinion. I just wanted to, thought it would be interesting to at least go over it real quick. Yeah, I mean, if it, I could see it leading to, like, because there was always rumors about the Mass Effect TV show, right? Yeah. No, I, so, I, no. Or confirmed. So, like, it could lead to, like, other, like, film and movies, probably, with this. But, like, other than that, I don't think anything on the game side about the change. Agreed. Um, next, I want to go over like a big like FTC because uh, like right now Microsoft is like fighting against the MTC, uh, the Federal Trade Commission over in court, and it seems to be very interesting if you actually watch the or listen to a lot of like the video. That's not um, interesting. It's one sided. <laughs> it's interesting in the case of just how funny it is. <laughs> That's what I mean. It's a very uh, fun uh, thing to listen to. Just like getting a lot of like uh tweet threads over uh tom warren over at vg um not vgc sorry uh, tom warren at the verge uh did a lot of tweet threads uh kind of explaining everything i recommend uh, checking those out because they're actually pretty entertaining um but there were some like interesting news tidbits that i wanted to go over um i'm just gonna go over them all at once you guys can stop uh either stop me or wait till the end to go over the one that you find the most interesting uh first uh mike uh shinobi over on twitter Microsoft expects the next Xbox and PlayStation 6 to launch in 2028 uh, via the FTC court hearing. Not much to say there. Pretty expected, honestly. Um, and then I'm going to be so but... old. <laughs> they showed that game in 2017, by the way. The what are you PS- about? The, the, the next Xbox and PlayStation 6 version. Yeah, like, it's insane. I don't wait, know. wait, what game did they show in 2017? Did Oh, sorry. I thought you said Elder Scrolls. I am drunk. What the fuck? Not actually drunk. I'm like, dude, I'm a, no, I literally thought, I literally, I was, I think I was reading the Elder Scrolls thing as you were talking. So I just like assumed, I don't know. I don't know what I said. Ignore me. Punch at home. No, yeah, yeah. Like, but it was like, it was the opposite of bench because I was so invested in the reading what Wolf wrote that like, I don't know. I tricked myself. I even said Xbox and PlayStation Six to make sure that you were listening. It's like, yeah, man, Elder Scrolls well, Six. I guess it's, that's crazy. No, can I think I assume that you're talking about we won't see Elder Scrolls Six till those consoles? Look, my brain is there. My brain is there. Let me send the cook. True. Um, and then another thing, Noble over on Twitter got this one. It's for friend of the show. Uh, from the Microsoft Activision Blizzard versus FTC Court, Machine Games, Indiana Jones will be Xbox exclusive and day one on Game Pass. I mean, this is kind of expected, honestly, if I'm being honest. A lot of people really ran through with this, but it's like, they, they own Machine Games. They're going to keep this game as an exclusive. It's too big. Yeah. Um, another thing, 
uh, The Verge has this article, um, Tom Warren over at The Verge. Microsoft acquired Bethesda after hearing Starfield would be exclusive to PlayStation. Uh, Microsoft Xbox chief has revealed one of the key reasons behind the acquisition of Bethesda parent company ZeniMax, potential Starfield PlayStation exclusivity. Speaking at the FTC versus Microsoft hearing today, Phil Spencer revealed that Sony regularly pays competitors to, quote, skip our platform, end quote, and Microsoft felt it needed to its own Bethesda to compete. I mean... Yeah, this this one's kind of crazy to me. I don't know. Is it really that crazy? It kind of makes sense. No, it's more of like, it's just crazy that there was a world where, like, a game as big as Starfield and Bethesda, like, a type could have been just missed out on Xbox totally. <laughs> like, I've, Yeah, but that, like, that game would have been much worse than what we are seeing right now because Microsoft very much wanted to make sure. Yeah, it probably would have been. It was just, it just like, I don't know. I felt like that would have been insane where it's like, at least it's already a big deal that Starfield's exclusive, but it makes sense because they're owned by Xbox. So like if Starfield would have been like an exclusive, even timed with no one owning them, I think it would have been just gigantic. Like I the news that, of that would have been crazy. That would have been like the next, like the step below like a GTA 6 exclusivity. Yeah, like game. that's how I feel about it. Um, next thing, Tom Warren, again, over on Twitter. Microsoft tried to buy Zanga. Phil Spencer confirms we entered into some discussions with a company called Zanga. It ended up getting acquired by Take-Two, says Spencer. Just a random news story I thought interesting, just in general, with you know Zanga being a big mobile company in general. And I remember that Take-Two acquisition. I, I remember when that happened, the Take-Two acquisition. It's like, this is the biggest acquisition in gaming. And then like two <laughs> weeks later, the Activision Blizzard deal started. So... Just funny uh, thing to think about. Uh, this is what Fusion decided yeah, to sorry. jump yeah. the gun on. <laughs> uh, Phil Spencer, the Elder Scrolls 6 is at least five plus years away. I expected, but damn, that really does suck, huh? <laughs> this was the and game we saw in 2017, by the way. If you guys throw back to five minutes ago. I swear I thought it was... <laughs> I swear, I thought it was revealed in 2018. I mean, it might have been 2018. You could be. It was one of those years. My brain thought 2018 at first, but like either way, it's like it's gonna be one of those things where like Cyberpunk was revealed in 2013, and it didn't come out till like 2020. Where like this game's gonna this game's gonna come out 10 years after the initial just title screen, which is insane. I want to point out this is at least gonna be like over 15 years from Skyrim's <laughs> original release. Jeez. Oh my god. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's um, pretty much everything interesting from the whole... Uh... Oh, uh, one more thing. I almost forgot. Uh, Microsoft claims Bobby Kotick demanded bigger revenue share to put Call of Duty on Xbox. Cat Bailey over at IGN. Um, according to Bond, Kotick made it clear if we do not move beyond standard revenue share that he intended to not place Call of Duty on Xbox. This is just kind of an example of a uh, Bobby Kotick not being the nicest guy, I guess. <laughs> but <laughs> the, this this would have been bigger than GTA. Oh, like if uh, Call of Duty if Call of Duty was not on your system, like this yeah. would this would have been the, this would have been insane. Yeah. Yeah. No, so I, I, you know, felt it the the only logical step and bought the entire company. Yeah. So they're like, yeah, right. oh, we're just buying you. So he's like, I, I own you now. So you took that personal. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much everything from the whole FTC trial. Obviously, it's still ongoing. I'll be honest, it's a the FTC's case is kind of terrible. We were talking about this quite a bit. And they're terrible. They're getting steamrolled right now. <laughs> it is yeah. kind of ridiculous. And Dark, Dark was saying off the podcast talking about how like how well Phil Spencer has actually done because like when you read these stories, especially like the Call of Duty maybe skipping and like Starfield being exclusive, it's like Xbox was in such a bad spot 
And like Phil Spencer has only for the past like seven years done so well, like bringing it back. Like it's, he knows he's third place. He'll admit it, but like it could have been way worse. Like we could have, I don't know if it's probably extreme to say like Xbox might not have existed today. No, it's not that extreme. That but was like, the situation yeah, that they were but that's, how, that's how it feels like when you are hearing like Phil Spencer's answers and all this stuff come out recently where it's like they were like in the darkest of days. Like they were at the bottom of the dungeon and like Phil Spencer has like, as much as Xbox hasn't delivered on games and all that, at least they're here and they're like, they're thriving now more than they have in the last decade. So it's kind of cool to honestly Sony see. Was like so close a few years ago. I know, yeah. You could have just put them right there. On the, the I think, it, yeah, I think, and I think it's like, I think Sony really does want to kill them. <laughs> they just want to put them down. And what's really interesting now is that Sony, they haven't had any direct competition for so long. They don't know how to really respond to it. And you see them bugging out with this deal right now. Yeah, and it's a it's a big situation. Granted, I, Xbox wants to kill someone too. They just haven't had the chance. They all want to like, kill each other. Yeah, well, they but, to kill them both too. Like, yeah. I don't think Phil wants to kill Sony. Like Phil has a very nice guy personality and like mindset. The people and above Phil want to kill Sony. Yeah, people above Phil. Yeah, Phil is a saint. But... <laughs> but they're all gonna say like, "Hey, uh, we're all good friends," but like it's a business. They no, I, I genuinely like, think Phil means it. Yeah, I think Phil's. I think Phil's like an awesome like guy. Like everyone, obviously the others uh, up above him, especially like Sarah Bond. She probably wants to murder Sony Oh yeah, no, for sure. Also, one Both last thing. I thought it was interesting that he, he basically he swore under oath that it was gonna come, like Call of Duty was gonna come to PlayStation. So like he had to swear that under oath. Jesus like, Christ, this he was, was like. <laughs> it's it's coming to PlayStation if the deal goes through. So it's like at least, it's kind of it's. It's kind of funny to see like how far he's willing to go and say to be like, look, like we're serious about this deal. We don't care about like killing Sony because let us have like these games. Yeah, it's kind of crazy to see how far the FCC would go to defend Sony, a Japanese. <laughs> yeah, Sony. I was about to say, I keep bringing this up. The American company, Microsoft, they are going against the American company, against the two Japanese companies, Nintendo and uh, Sony. Obviously, more so Sony, but still, I'm just saying. Why are you taking the defense of the Japanese companies when you're defending American interests? It doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> but yeah, that's everything with the FTC trial. You see, they had a one. Uh, I don't know who said it, but it was kind of funny. It's like, yeah, we we went under oath that Call of Duty will continue to be on PlayStation Five. Uh, we didn't say anything about PlayStation Six. <laughs> okay, so yeah. about PlayStation. Wait, so news about that? Uh, they updated it. That he just said. All PlayStation consoles going forward. Okay, I just thought that would be a, that was a really funny like loophole. That would have been crazy if he did loophole that though. Like five years from now, he's like, go back and watch the tape. I never said PlayStation Six. <laughs> that would have been crazy. Uh, but that's it for the news. Let's move on to what we've been playing. Um, I we're all playing what's called me and Fusion. I've been playing a lot of FF16. Uh, not as much as I would have preferred, but uh, Bench didn't make the podcast because he wanted to play FF16. I respect the hustle, honestly. <laughs> um, I watched the entirety of FF16. <laughs> I didn't know we could get I don't have to play games. Yeah, Dark doesn't count. We're not going to count him. Uh, just, you see this nonsense? This is what happens only people who have to played a the game. Player. <laughs> you didn't have to bring a Pikmin. What did I'm you on, to do? I'm on the Pikmin side this time. I'm with you. <laughs> uh, Fusion, I'll ask you immediately. What do you think of FF16? Yeah, I'm I'm about five hours in, and I'm enjoying it a lot. I think the the story, at least so far, I know I've heard 
people talk about the later half might not be as strong, but like the story, so I'm invested in Clive and like the characters that are surrounding him. The combat is like, it's not, it's, I think the combat's great right now. Like, and I'm only at like basic stuff. So hopefully it opens up even more. I think the world's really nice. My biggest issue right now, performance sucks. I'll just be first to say really? like, at least like I'm on, I'm on performance mode and I have a VR, VR TV. So like, it shouldn't make that, but like, it's so weird because in combat, it is almost walk 60 FPS the entire time. The minute the combat sequence ends, I'm dropping frames to like 50, 45, like when I'm walking around. I'm like, usually when games suffer with FPS issues, it's in the combat. And it's like, this one's the total opposite. And that's, there's been times where like, I'm an FPS snob. Dark always calls me out on it. Like, I just don't, like, I won't play your game if it's 30 FPS, which is why I'm not playing in quality mode. But there's times where I'm like, I, maybe I should have waited. <laughs> like, I like I waited on Jedi because of FPS drops, but that also had, like, a lot of other issues. Like, I haven't ran into any bugs or, like, visual glitches. It's just been, like, the FPS drops have been insane, at least for me. I know, like, you might have... I don't know if you've had FPS drops, I, but mine's so, been pretty bad. Yeah, no, so I, I'm um, less than you. I think I'm around, like, three hours. I have not had as much time to play as I was hoping. Um, I think that the per- the performance has been fine for me as- except for like icon battles i've noticed that like the first icon battle in the game pretty early on i think it was in the demo actually it was um, it the performance was horrible at points where it was just chugging and like it, it was still like a very enjoyable sequence i'm not as much of an fps snob as you but like it is still important to me i'm playing in performance as well I didn't notice the FPS go down like outside of combat, but also again, like I'm earlier than you, maybe it's a situation where later on it gets a lot worse. I, uh, I, it has is... gotten worse with time, personally. Like oh, how okay. I've played, like there's been scenarios later on where I'm like, like it's not it's not a deal breaker because I'm like it's still like 50, but it's just it's just jarring when you're like, especially right out of combat, like you'll be locked 60 the entire time of combat. I had like my TV like. I can check my FPS while I'm playing. The minute the combat sequence in, it drops from 60 to 50, like immediately. I'm like, this is just so odd. <laughs> like the... Yeah, no, but yeah, it's funny though. You say like, oh, maybe I should have waited. I, I'm thinking that with a different reason when it comes to these controls, because Jesus Christ, this is no joke. One of the stupidest control decisions I have ever seen in modern game. Dodge, the, the dodge button is R1. And the lock-on button is L1. <laughs> in what universe does that make sense? In every game ever made, lock-on is R3. And dodge is circle. But maybe you got like a couple of different games out there that like do something different, but they work with it. And there's button remapping in them. You cannot remap the buttons. They give you three like controller types. You can you can map to dodge to circle, but then they're like, oh, but now the attack button is on R1 and R2. It's like, well, what, just let me fully remap my controls. I don't understand how that's not an industry standard at this point. It genuinely, I'm getting used to it, but I'm still noticing a lot of times where I keep pressing circle when I mean yep. to dodge. And it's like, just fun remapping it shouldn't be that difficult like don't think like your special game it's like well it works for us cool it doesn't work for everyone (laughs) such an annoying aspect of a lot of games nowadays they don't allow button remapping let me change your controls please but other than that i i have been having a lot of fun with the combat uh the story is interesting i think there's a lot of cool world building aspects but like it hasn't really like ripped me the same way like it has for a lot of people yet um, but I do really love the combat. That you could see the DMC devil, uh, 
the DMC combat director really showed his chops with this one. Real quick, I don't know how much you read into like, like I don't know how you play your single players, but like on the world map when you're like hovering over locations, whoever was like writing like the little prompts like did so well. Like I don't, oh, yeah. it just feel it feels like it feels like the lore into the world. Like whoever was writing the lore and like adding all like the town names and then like writing a quick like paragraph about the town. Like I'm reading that and I just feel like I'm in Game of Thrones or like a super high fantasy world where like they actually cared to put like a background behind where I'm at. Compared to like a lot of games, just like they put you in some city and they're like they'll give you a brief description, but like I don't know. Already, this feels way more invested into like uh, trying to set the world for you. We'll see how the story beats like continue later on, but like I've been very impressed with the writing at least so far. Um, my our good friend Bench also sent in some uh, prediction or not prediction. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> uh, sent in his thoughts on FF16 so far. I think. Um, he also sent in direct uh, thoughts as well. I, I felt bad for not going over those. I'll go over the direct real quick, what he thought of the direct. Uh, I thought the direct was very solid. A good amount of big announcements, but not the greatest pacing. Mario RPG, I'm super excited for, and same for Wonder. Yes, sucks. My wallet is going to die. I'd give it a 4 out of 5. Cool. Uh, and then with uh, <laughs> FF16, uh, his viewpoint is, having just got past the endpoint of the FF16 demo, I'm in love with the game. I think the combat is great, and I really only have scratched the surface of it. The world and story I'm already super invested into, and Clive seems like a cool dude. <laughs> Yeah, sure, bitch. I just met the Sid guy, and he's neat. Spoilers. Overall, I'm extremely positive on the game in my first three to four hours. Uh, yeah, he's around the same amount. Actually, I think we're at the exact same point of the game now that I think about it. Um, but yeah, that's Bench's thoughts on the game. So, Bench, if you're listening, good job, man. We're <laughs> <laughs> rooting um, for you, buddy. We, we need you to be back next week, please. No skipping more podcasts for games. <laughs> uh, real quick, I do what I like. I was saying, uh, Pikmin three. I've been playing. Uh, I beat that recently. Loved it. Easily the best Pikmin. Um, I also decided to load up Oblivion. Uh, Elder Scrolls for Oblivion. I was kind of in a Bethesda kick, and I just wanted to like kind of check it out. That game is so good. It kind of reminded me why I love Bethesda games. I just love the choice. I love like creating a battle mage. The combat has not really aged all too well. The game in general has a lot of like old game vibes. But I, to me, it's just like that, like quality of the world building. Like I'm, I'm over here reading the books and everything, like I do with every Bethesda game. It's just, it's a fun old time. That's gonna be a game I slowly go through until like Starfield comes out. Um, but yeah, that's um the main ones I wanted to hit. There's another big game, but uh, I'm gonna wait for Moon to talk about it first. Um, Dark and Fusion, both of you played Diablo. Uh, thoughts on that? That game was been pretty good so far. Diablo? Yeah. About it. Didn't you beat it? Yeah, yeah, I did beat Diablo. Yeah. Um, I'm on the last act. I'm Is Act Six the last act, Dark? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm really. I'm really enjoying Diablo. Also, it's funny that there's a character in Diablo and Final Fantasy 16 that are like both big roles, and they both are the same voice actor. So that's like throwing me off. But I'm like, I think Diablo is really good. Like, it has. I mean, the, the combat, I think Dark was saying before, like, the combat's just really fun and kind of addicting to just, like, you can mindlessly just do it and, like, just have some fun and level up. And the story's, like, the story's okay. I'm not heavily invested in the Diablo story, but, like, no one ever is invested in the Diablo stories. Yeah, it's not the big thing in uh, those games. <laughs> uh, I do want to go, I did play Diablo 4 a lot. Um, 
the the straw that broke the camel's back for me is I am so sick of always online games. I am playing a single player game and my game is lagging. Why is that a thing? I don't want to play with other people. And every time I say this, you know, I get people saying like, well, you know, the game was built around the always online capabilities. Like that's how the the code of the game is. It's like, why did they make it that way? <laughs> like yeah, game might not allow it's just dumb. I don't get why that's a thing now. I mean, yeah, no, Diablo in general is still a great game. It's just that one thing that really bothers me a lot. Uh, Dark, you have any other games you wanted to talk about? No, not really. Just, uh, all right. Um, I guess, Moon, you're, you're last up. What you got? Uh, <clears throat> kind of been in the gaming funk, so I haven't really been playing too much. I've just been grinding uh, Fortnite missions a little bit, but I did take part in the uh, abundance of Steam demos that... Uh, came out this past week, and there were a lot, but I, I've i only played two so far. I think I have about two or three more that I need to play. Uh, the two I did play was uh, Eternites that we've been talking about a couple times on the podcast, and then another game that I kind of just found out about from Jeff Grubb, because he talked about it on his Twitter. And it's called Ebenezer and the Invisible World. Uh, I'll talk about Eternites uh, first, because I'm sure you guys are curious about that. <clears throat> yeah, very much so. Um, so after actually playing the game now, which seems to be like, it seems to be the opening, uh, I'm a little bit more positive on it. Now, yes, the mouths of the models are giving me some very bad, uh, VTuber model vibes. <laughs> uh, it's not great. And I don't know if it's on purpose because one cool thing about this, even though it's a very small indie game, it has a lot of, uh, one accessibility features, but also two uh, language support. Like, there are a lot of different languages in this game, so I don't know if maybe the random mouth movement is to just so it can kind of just flap to any language and it doesn't make sense to anyone <laughs> instead of actually having to, like, perform precise mouth movements for each language. Uh, I don't know if that's it or if it's just literally just lazy design. <laughs> um, but I'm going to go with the more positive theory that he just kind of did it so it can mouth flap to all languages. Um, but the combat is pretty good so far. It's pretty basic, uh, but you got your standard slashing, and it leads to, like, combos where you can hit, a, like, a bigger attack. I did a boss fight, which was kind of kind of an interesting thing. It was just more slashing until you break a meter, and then you do, like, a quick time event. So it's interesting, and I could see how it can expand later on in the game. Uh, the, like, dating sim aspects of it, it's very Persona-like, where certain answers to questions will give you, like, certain stat boosts. Like, there was confidence, bravery, enthusiasm, a bunch of kind of random ones, too, I wasn't expecting to get. So it'll be interesting to see, like, how do those play into, like, uh, future parts of the game? Like, do you need to have, like, a certain amount of courage to say this line? Um, did it, but, yeah, did besides the... that, really the only my downside to it is the mouth flapping, and if and I gotta say, if that's the worst thing about your game, I think you're doing pretty good. Plus, it also got confirmed to be $30, which does alleviate some other uh, problems I had with, like, if I was, ex if this was an expected, like, $60 game, I'd be like, eh, okay, maybe not. But for $30, it, it might be worth checking out, depending on full reviews from people who review the full game. Um, The real one I really wanted to talk about, did you have thoughts on Ebenezer? Real quick? Oh, yeah, I wanted to talk about that. So, um, so someone out there decided, hey, I am a really good artist for, like, Christmas decorations, and I just watched a Christmas uh, story. You know what? We need a follow-up sequel in the, in a Metroidvania. That's what, because it's a Christmas carol, but as a Metroidvania taking place a year later, the next Christmas after a Christmas carol. 
or uh, the Christmas Carol, right? With Scrooge. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, it takes place the next Christmas after Scrooge has his big adventure and learns to become a better person and all that. And so now he's like the town hero, and he's now going around solving problems in, throughout Christmas, old-timey London in a Metroidvania style. And he has like the help of spirits, like all the spirits of like Christmas past, present, future, and some other ones that he knows. And he he like summons them, like JoJo stands or something, to do extra bonus acts. But he's also like whipping around his cane to attack people. It's the funniest premise to a story, but the art is gorgeous. And the gameplay was pretty fun, and I didn't get too far in the demo, but I watched the trailer that also came out, which showed some future stuff. He gets some wacky abilities. Like, he gets a teleport, he gets like a shadow step kind of thing. And it looks like it could be a really interesting and fun Metroidvania. And thankfully, it is also coming to console. I thought maybe it was just one of those PC-exclusive games, but no, it actually is um, coming to all consoles. So I might just have to pick this up. That's I have two things hear. on that, if I can ask. Mm-hmm. How how was the combat? And do you know what the release date is? Do they know the release date at all? For Ebenezer? Yeah. yeah. Um, they don't have a release date yet. I think they still say it's 2023. But it, it's an indie game, so it could easily slip away. Uh, the combat is pretty basic, at least for the beginning of it, because you kind of just whack people with your cane. And I only had one ghost who does like an uppercut attack. Um, but in the trailers, you see a lot more attacks, a lot more ghosts. So I would recommend checking out the trailer. Uh, but what's kind of also interesting is he has like a back step, like a circle or it was B for me because I was playing with an Xbox controller. He does like a step back. So it's really good for like a lot of the enemies of the game who are like big hulking, like uh armor enemies and they like swing down their sword it gets stuck in the ground when when you dodge and then that's kind of when you just whack them with your cane so it's pretty neat for a metroidvania to have like a back step and that's how you attack him because he does not have a lot of health he's an old man so he doesn't have a whole lot of health and what's also really interesting i don't know if this is a good or bad thing but the ghosts that you summon you kind of like flip through them like an ability list but you have like a spirit meter or whatever and I don't know, maybe you can increase it later on in the game, but you only get about like three or four, maybe five uh, uses of a ghost. And then it's an empty bar and there's no way to refill that until you find a save point. And then that refills it. Now, maybe you can find items later in the game that can refill it or something, but you don't, it doesn't naturally recharge. So that's got to be like an interesting like uh, management thing. Like, okay, do I really want to use a ghost ability right now? So ghosts are like your special ability. Like they do. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, and this, and when you flip through the menu, you kind of see, like, he'll get different weapons, it looks like. Like, Kane was one of them, and then there was, like, empty slots for, I guess, maybe these weapons will do different things, and you can swap between them. I don't know. But it looks like there's at least going to be some weapon variety as well, including just including the ghost variety. Yeah, that's really exciting to hear about. That game sounds awesome. Um, and then the last thing, uh, X-Defiant. Oh, yay. Uh, <laughs> This is one both me and Moon actually played together. Moon, I'm going to let you go first, actually. Um, so I'm not, like, super impressed about it. Like I said to Wolf, like, the most interesting thing about X Defiant, I did not know about this, but it's like a celebration of all Ubisoft, where all the classes of all the characters you can pick are based on characters from various, like, shooter franchises that Ubisoft has, like Splinter Cell, Watch Dogs, uh, Far Cry... So you all have like their groups, like the uh, Splinter Cell Core, the Libertad from uh, Far Cry, and DeadSec from Watch Dogs. And what were the other ones? I can't remember. Um, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But I thought that was neat. It was like a cool approach to doing this free-to-play shooter 
Um, and the like the training area is like a just a massive bonanza of a of Ubisoft Easter eggs. Like it almost every franchise is represented in some way. Uh whether it be like the obstacle course that you play on or just wandering around the lobby. It's cool to see like Ubisoft be like, look at all this cool shit we have, look at all the cool games we made over the years. And but besides that, the combat just felt very hollow to me. Like everyone was the same, like everyone has the same guns that you can pick from. So you just find the one that you like. And then you have like one tossable grenade item. And once again, everyone can have the same ones. And then everyone has um, a unique ability, like, but it's one ability. And then there's an ultimate ability, but it's shared between the two classes of each group. So like the healer ultimate is the same between the two Libertots. Like if the Libertot from Far Cry 6 are the healer classes. And yeah, the two Libertots have like two different kinds of healing items, and they're, but their ultimate's the same. So... Once again, it's a neat idea in comset. The gunplay also could feel like it could use some work. Something just about it did not feel right. It felt a little stiff. So hopefully they can fix on that. They can fix that up. But this just felt very shallow, I guess is the word, the gameplay. Because like a wolf, and I talked about, like there's this one character, I think it was from Splinter, no, not Splinter Cell, but uh, oh, the division. It was it grew from the division. His ability is that he throws like a Molotov onto the ground and creates like a circle of a fire area for like area effect damage. But how is this useful in a game like Call of Duty where people are quick scoping and shooting you from a distance? And like at least let me throw the Molotov, <laughs> but instead of yeah. throw it on the ground, just create this circle around me. Where this feels like an ability that a tank character would have because he's meleeing everybody. I have a lot of thoughts on this game. Um... I mean, I thought you were a little too nice to it. I'm sorry. I think this game is fucking sucks. I played it, and I really just felt nothing throughout the entire experience. It is the most basic-ass multiplayer shooter I've played in a while. And it's one of those basic shooters that just adds stuff for the sake of adding things. Why are there abilities? Why are you Overwatch? The time to kill is way too short for those abilities to really even feel that impactful. The character... Yes, the idea of like a Ubisoft celebration is nice in concept, but they just don't feel distinct enough as characters to really mean anything, at least to someone like me, where, you know, compare that to like a Smash Brothers where the characters are so distinct and there's so much personality that that crossover works. Not everything needs to be a crossover nowadays. It's starting to get like a, an annoying aspect. I will admit the training range was cool, and I do actually think the map designs and the maps in general. Are really oh, yeah. Cool. Really oh yeah, the maps that we played on. Okay, so it, whoever's on that team doing like map creation, like coming up Put with the ideas COD. and the Please. and the layouts of the map. Yeah, give them over to COD or something it's else. A, it's a former Call of Duty professional. Okay, yeah, I was gonna that, say that, that makes sense. that man, that man or that team or whatever, that person has talent <laughs> for map exactly. designs. It is Which unreal are... how much better the map design is than the actual game. Yeah, I will say to your point to the abilities. So if you don't know about this team, this entire team is basically former Call of Duty devs and former professional Call of Duty players. So like, yeah. with the abilities, if you remember Black Ops 3 introduced abilities into Call of Duty, and like yeah, a lot of the X-Defiant games, all the, all the X-Defiant abilities, a lot of them, like that one girl who like, you have vision that you can see through walls and then you get the one-shot pistol. Yes, that's like straight. That is straight from Black Ops. Yeah. Like, there's a lot. One of the few that was actually good. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of Call of Duty where it's like that's why I think they're playing a lot on nostalgic on the Call of Duty where like there's no skill based matchmaking. Minimap has red dots when you shoot your guns, which in like in modern Call of Duty that's all been taken away. So like they're they're playing for hoping that a bunch of 
all old Call of Duty fans will eat it up because it kind of has. Like, at least on Twitch right now, there's been hundreds of like former or even still pro Call of Duty players like streaming it to their audiences and, and like they're getting a lot of like keys for it. And like, a lot of this game is going to come from if the Call of Duty community likes it. Because if the Call of Duty community doesn't like it, I don't feel like this game has success. Because like Wolf said earlier, it kind of is like a generic shooter. It feels very generic. Here's the thing. The gunplay doesn't oh, go ahead, feel go great to me. Yeah, the gunplay like, is like... The movement... I think the movement is okay. Like, the movement doesn't feel bad, but there's not like a... I feel like you jump way shorter than you need to, but the slide feels really good. But I think, like you said earlier, with the guns, there's still something with the guns where, like, my aim doesn't feel good. Like, it does not feel as good as, like, a Call of Duty would. And I get the budget, everything else, but, like, there's been better free shooters that have better yeah, gunplay like, than what X to Fire has. It's like, we can shit on Call of Duty all we want, but we can't deny they have good gunplay. Yes. Here's the yeah. thing. It, it is so close to me. Like, I, I'm shitting on the game. It is really close to being a good game, but the aspects that are bad are just bad enough to really bring down the experience. Like, I was on autopilot for one of the matches, and I got, like, 25 kills. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's just, it was a surprising moment for me. I have just... I, I genuinely I did not like the game. And I wanted as to you, see good because I like you said like those Call of Duty pros that team like that would be awesome if we had like some of the classic Call of Duty formula that is so good instead of what we have with the modern games. But it's just missing something. My one last thing, as you as you guys were talking about like Moon likes like the whole Ubisoft like mashup thing, I actually think it makes it worse. Like, I think, like, it's cool that they're, like, representing all of Ubisoft, but, like, I don't care. Like, I wish you would have just, like, like, it almost feels too goofy in a way. Like, Dark always uses that word, but, like, it almost feels too weird and, like, wacky where everything just feels off. Like, there's a map where you're playing straight up in, like, New York Division. Like, and I'm just, like, I don't, I, I don't really care. Like, the map design's been great, but, like, everything just feels too, almost feels too free-to-play mobile. Like, even exactly. the announcer, like, everything just feels so... Even the scoreboards, the way the score... Everything just feels a little off to me, where I'm like, I get it's a free game, and they probably didn't have a massive budget, and they're working with what they have. But I wish it was more, like, not even realistic. It probably isn't the word, but more, like, grounded. I feel like it's very not grounded. And not every game needs to be grounded, but I feel like if X Defiant yeah. was more grounded, it would be getting picked up by a lot more people. And, and just, like, my last point on this game, before we move on, I just want to say, like, again, I want to reiterate this. Not everything needs to be a crossover. This does not benefit from being a crossover. And I just, I, I feel like they wanted to give it a personality to, by being a crossover, and it just doesn't work. It also Are does you... feel like almost limiting. Like they're going to now have to, in the future, if they want to add any more characters, they're like, okay, well, where does this character fit into a previous franchise? Because we have to make it either like a Libertad mercenary or it has to be like a super spy from splinter cell or something now instead of just making a bunch of original characters they now have to fit into like one of these slots so it kind of does feel like it is it's going to be limited in that capacity which is like a weird thing to say of like oh yeah so uh yeah we have this new character now but it's gonna it they're gonna break the mold eventually like there's gonna be something that's just gonna be super wacky about it and it's just gonna it's not gonna fit into one of these molds and that's gonna be really funny when that happens I will say they have the entire next year already planned out. So that's like, at least they have a foundation where like they've already, they said 16 new maps are coming over the next year, which is insane. I don't know. Like you guys are working. Like that's it. Like they said 16 new maps, I think four new factions and then like some guns and stuff. But like, at least they have a foundation on what they're, I think 
I don't think this is the type of free-to-play game that's going to die immediately. I think it will last a while. How long? I don't know. That's up to Ubisoft. And like like I said, I think the Call of Duty community honestly has has a big say in it, which maybe that's just like ignorance talking, but I feel I'm like... I'm really curious what these other factions are. Yeah, I, yeah, that's what... Well, so over the next year, we'll see, but kind of like Wolf was saying where they're like, they tried to throw all the Ubisoft in to like make it their character and their vibe, but I felt like it gave them less of an identity by doing that. It just feels like a weird mashup compared to like, instead of this being their identity, it just feels the opposite, at least to me. One of these factions right. is going to be like a bunch of rabbits. We're going to have a bunch of rabbits running around. <laughs> <laughs> that actually got me more interested in the game, to be honest. <laughs> but yeah, that's everything that we've been playing. Uh, I'm going to hand it right back over to Moon to handle outros for today. All right. So we wanted this to be a shorter podcast because it's running late for our East Coasters, but uh, we did keep it on somewhat the smaller end. But we're going to wrap up here and get all throat, go to bed pretty much. Uh, so I hope you all guys enjoyed. Uh, be sure to look out for the meal prep episode of Starfield coming probably in the next few days. And we will see you all on next Saturday for the next episode on a supposedly another week. Because, uh, you know, slow July is starting to come up. So it'll be interesting to see what happens then. But until then, we'll see you all later. Goodbye. <laughs>